Arnold Schwarzenegger is one of the most iconic people in modern history. For kids growing up in the 80s and 90s, no one exemplified the raw power of masculinity and reaching for your dreams like the governor himself. And we love Arnie, the cigar-champing, one-liner-spitting killing machine from the world of bodybuilding to movies to politics and back to movies again. That's why we're exploring all the movies that made the man what he is today. In chronological order. From the beginning. I'm Mike Evan. I'm Stephen Lyons. And this is... I'll, I'll Be, Be Back, Back Catalog. I like this. You should do that. Now play the music. about something very important. I lied. I'll be back. I'll be back, This is episode four? Four. This is episode four, and we're talking about... Mike, we have so many episodes to go, and you're, like, losing it at four. I know, I've lost the track. There's, like, 60 more movies to watch. Um. (laughs) Last week, we talked about Pumping Iron. Uh, This week, we're we're jumping all the way in uh, with a pretty exciting... uh, We're going Western style. Yeah, this is Arnie's first and last Western movie. Good choice. This is is the villain, otherwise known as Cactus Jack, in uh, in any other territory. A a movie so good, they named it twice. For, for, for good reason. It's a good movie. It's not. It's not. Uh, this is a movie. This is a parody of a western that was released in 1979, a full five years after the release of Blazing Saddles. So you know they've had five years to top Mel Brooks classics. Yeah, I know. They looked at Blazing Saddles and they thought, we could do this better. Yeah. And they failed miserably. But we're not going to talk about it just by ourselves, are we? That would be weird and self-congratulatory. So we're going to talk with friends. Yeah, that's right. We have, of course, Finn Nicholas with us. Hello. All right, that was the (laughs) most Should I do that this shit? Should I do this shit? No, that's the perfect amount of shit. Uh, And, of course, Hannah Campbell. Hi, thanks for having me. That's exciting. There you go. Yours, was, I'll be. I'm mean, no disrespect to Finn, but hers was way less creepy. Yeah. <laughs> you notice how she just talked like a human being. I'm not good at that, Stephen. <laughs> first off, we want to we want to know a little bit about what you guys know. Can you remember what your first Arnold Schwarzenegger movie was? Oh, uh, the first one that I've watched in full. Mm-hmm. Um, this one. This was the first Whoa. one. Whoa! What's the first one that you can remember watching any of? Oh, Terminator. Okay. Terminator ones, yeah. Terminator one or two? Oh, the one where he's a robot. <laughs> I don't know which one. One of the them. The one where he's a ro- uh, yes. Hello, I'd like the DVD of the one where he's a robot. <laughs> was he a good robot or a bad robot? I think for a robot, he was alright. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as robots go. <laughs> That's the perfect response to someone who has not seen the full Terminator movies. Okay, how about you, Finn? Um, my, my first one was also Terminator, and I watched that all the way through. I think that I think that's the only other one I've seen uh, apart from this. Wow, we've got some real Arnie virgins in the room. Right, which leads me to the... Well, firstly, it leads me to an apology, because this was not a good place to bring you into the Arnie journey. No, right? (laughs) It really was not. What has made you to avoid Arnold Schwarzenegger for this long? I don't know. I just don't know if this film really ever appealed to me that much before. Yeah, I'm sort of a person who who, uh, prefers to watch good movies a lot of the time. (laughs) Whoa! Wow. Shots fired. Someone's never seen Commando. Yeah. Oh, you, no, I, I have seen parts of Commando. You just uh, reminded me. I've forgotten about it. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if to feel offended or not. I, I mean, I'm so angry right now. <laughs> so furious at myself for not having introduced you to Arnie sooner. 
Um, I think you'll find, and I will be, by the end of this, creating a list of recommended watches for you. Uh, number one, of course, will be Jingle on the, all the way. All right? I cannot believe that neither of you have uh, watched. I've seen ads for that, and that, that's enough for me. Okay. Well, firstly, if you, don't like, uh, if you don't like Arnold, you can at least accept that you love Sinbad. You talking about Sinbad the Comedian? Yes, yeah, as I, opposed I, to Sinbad the Explorer. Like, yeah, <laughs> I, I had completely forgotten who Sinbad was or that he was in that movie, so yeah, not not like the best reference for me to understand. Well, now I feel definitely offended. Mm, offended. On, on behalf of uh, Sinbad here. It's a, so, Hannah, are you not a, you're not a big action movie fan? Oh, I am. I just, I don't know. I just seem to have avoided the Arn, Arnie movies. I don't know why. Who are you but... tagging out? If you're taking Arnie out of the uh, action movies, who's popping in? Oh, I don't know. I mean, all the, well, superhero movies, does that really count as action movies? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I guess. Those sort of ones, so. I mean, were you like a Van Damme head as a kid? Or? No. He was in an episode of Friends. That's how I know who he is. So, uh. That's fair. That's going to be the start of a beautiful Arnie journey. Maybe I just need to get into it. Okay, so I, I would pitch this to, uh, to the two of you. Uh, after having now uh, witnessed an Arnie movie, what was your favourite thing about watching Arnie? Was this the one before? Is this the movies before he could act? Was this that? I hope that it gets better yeah. after this. This was the. This is the movie that he did when he was figuring out how to act. This is ten years after his first acting role. Okay. But that movie, Hercules in New York, uh, didn't see release until after Conan. So for another uh, three or four years. Because it was so good, or. No, it was not so good. Ah. There's a wonderful thing about movies like this where they're learning how to use him and how to build a movie around him, which I thought they did pretty nicely, you know, to stop him from having to really emote. Yeah, like like in Terminator. That's why that's the defining armor role, because he doesn't say anything. He just looks tough. Exactly. He's method. Yeah. He's method. Have no emotion, be strong. He identified with a robot. He genuinely did. (laughs) I feel like a robot. I connect with this, and I'm doing great. You want to jump in? Let's uh, let's jump in. Let's do it. We're going to start with a short synopsis to uh, talk about. Uh, let everyone know if you if you're not familiar with the movie, you can still enjoy this. Uh, however, uh, this is just science. You'll enjoy it a lot more if you pause this podcast, go and watch the movie, and then it's, come back and hang out. It's on YouTube. You don't have to pay for it. You don't even have to pay for it. It's yeah. just out there for free. I think there's an Italian version. There if, is. If you don't want to understand it if you don't speak Italian. Because so, if this movie is anything, it's cultural. It's very culturally aware. <laughs> it's not problematic at all. No. So, yeah, to give you a quick breakdown of what the movie is, for those who haven't watched it, uh, it's essentially a live-action cartoon where a villain known as Cactus Jack is hired to steal a chest of silver from a young woman named Charmin, who is being chaperoned by the beefy hero Handsome Strangler. Uh, about 50 stolen Looney Tune gags, and about 80 minutes later... Uh, the titular villain wins by making an unexpected offer and the movie abruptly ends, leaving the audience asking, what just happened and why? Mm, what did just happen and why? It, it's, it's good that you said that because in my notes that I wrote when I was watching the movie, I, 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 wrote, I, wrote, something down, I wrote a sentence down right as the movie ended and that sentence was just, what the fuck was that? Mm. That, that, I, that last scene... I, I watch weird movies. That really confused me. I was like, <laughs> I was going with it until that point. Yeah. I was like, I'm on board. I'm going on with this, and then that happened. Whereas I was watching the time, the timer countdown on that uh, little streaming thing, and I was like, oh, thank God, I know where this is going, and it is not a good place. Uh, yeah, uh, what the? F- correct. That is the correct response. Uh, one of the wonderful things this movie did have is uh, theme music for all of the uh, all of our heroes. It did. It was it was wonderful to be uh, told through the power of music what was going on in the plot. 
Which, like, the thing is, that that's, like, that's like a, a classic Western trope. Like, every Western movie, they do that. They have, like, m- like music themes for, like, all the characters. So, like, this guy's good, this guy's evil. But just, like, everything in this movie, it was so incredibly on the nose. It was just, like, <laughs> the, these people... Not only not... it's ominous music, not ominous music with a guy this going... This guy is so evil, he's going to do bad things. <laughs> Which I could not find any of these recordings. No, I had a hard time finding them. Uh, but I did tag them, so uh, I'm definitely going to force Mike to play one as we take a short break and prepare to dive into the movie. He was waiting at the station when the train pulled in. He was there to meet a lady as a favor for a friend. The stranger was a proud man who paid the dead CEO. And it was his time to pay the debt. And we're back with I'll Be Back as Live, talking about the movie now. So, ooh. I've been watching, like, good westerns recently, just, like, in preparation for this. Like, the Sergio Leone's uh, uh, Dollars Trilogy. Can I just say that's the equivalent of, like, having gourmet food before going to McDonald's? <laughs> yeah. Like. Well, I mean, I just went to McDonald's early, and it's, it's so much better than this movie. <laughs> like... But, but those those movies have very similar title sequences. It's like you know, uh, first, uh, for a few dollars more, especially it's just like a guy on a horse, and then just credits going up. And the, those credits are memorable and interesting. And there's like I don't know, it's just good. And there's like there's like interesting music over the top of it, but like by like uh, uh, Ennio Morricone. It's, it's it's so good. I mean, this is just exactly the same thing, but if all the goodness was just leached out. So if you're going to talk ill about the soundtrack, I want you to understand that one of the pivotal characters in this movie is responsible for that soundtrack. Really? Really? Yeah. Yep. A character that we all, I I imagine we all loved, because his scene was probably one of the best things in the movie. It was the guy who sends the telegrams. The the telegram guy was... He did the music? He did did the music? Yeah. Really? Oh, Finn looks so mad. He looks so mad right now. Well, I'm just... I, I usually know, like, weird facts about stuff. I, sh- I should have I known this. <laughs> you, don't worry, we're going to talk trivia later. But we did go through, we went through, we had that painful riding a horse, riding a horse, riding a horse. But that's how, that's how old movies be. Yeah. Can I, can I just ask, do you guys know who Kirk Douglas is? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And you're aware of what a fantastic actor he is. Yeah. I don't. Why did he sign on to this movie? Like, why? He must have got paid so much money. I don't think so. It doesn't look like that much money was spent on this movie. That's because it was all given to him. Oh yeah. Yes. No, it's like it's like a Nicolas Cage movie. Where he just gets like fifty percent of the budget. I'll be honest. I spent about forty percent of this movie just staring at Kirk Douglas's chin. I find it so distracting. Yeah. You say yeah. distracting. I say just hypnotic. <laughs> It looks like, like someone surgically into. implanted a miniature donut into his face. Uh, I, I tried to watch Spartacus when I was like 10 years old, and like 10 years old is not the best time to, to watch a three-hour movie about Spartacus. But like this entire movie, just his chin, it was just it was just irritating me. It was like that, that's not a real chin. What are you doing? Why, why is your face like that? <laughs> I think you're mistaking a real chin. Like that is a real chin. Every other chin is not a real. No chin. one else's chin is. <laughs> no one else's. All of our chins, subpar. His chin, number one. Number one chin. That's why it has one dimple for number one. <laughs> They did, although when they when they finished the intro, they really delivered. Top gag up top, missing the train, killing it. Yeah, I mean, 
I, you're, you're being sarcastic, but like it sort of was. <laughs> it, 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 said, the, it said the exact tone for the rest of the movie. It's like this is how this is what everything is going to be like for the next hour and a half. Like I didn't really know what the movie was going to be about, and then that happened. Yeah. I thought, oh my god, strapping! This is an hour and a half of my life. I am not getting back. <laughs> but did they get you? Were you like, oh, I missed it? They missed it. It was funny the first time. <laughs> oh. That is something this movie was guilty of, is taking one Looney Tunes gag and doing it four times. Yeah, they, they were stealing so many jokes from, like, I was going to say from so many different people, but it's not. They're stealing from three different people. They're stealing from Chuck Jones' cartoons, they're stealing from Mel Brooks, and they were stealing from Buster Keaton. Like, specifically, the, the, uh, the scene in The General, the Buster Keaton movie, where he gets, like, hit by a train and he's on the front of a train... Yep. Like they, they did that exact same gag you in say, this. You it's say terrible. it's stealing, but I honestly doubt whether anyone who made this movie has <laughs> seen any any Buster Keaton movie. I really think the whole thing is a is a, is a homage that just doesn't really fucking work. Because like if you look at most of the sight gags and the things, they are like direct Looney Tune references. And the the guy is called Parody Jones. Mm-hmm. I, I was like the names are so terrible. <laughs> like, like. I think they're meant to be. Well, is it? They're joyfully know. terrible. Because like the the names are like, they're, they're the sort of names that like a comedian would make up for like a joke about a terrible parody movie. But this movie isn't smart enough to be making those names <laughs> into that sort of joke. Yeah, there's no level of messiness going on in this. This no. is this yeah. is a Dudley Do Right. It's Dick Dastardly. Um, Whiskey was Motley, and Jessica Rabbit was played by Charmin. I thought she, well, here's my issue that I got, I got bumped because I thought that her treatment originally was that she was like an empowered, like sexual woman. I was like, oh yeah, it's 1979. Of course, like she's like, yeah, you know, like I'm going to hop on this train with all these men. Whoa, you know, I do what I want because I'm a woman. And that was not, that that was not. She was just oblivious. She was just a complete idiot. Wait, I don't, she wasn't oblivious, was she? I thought that she wanted, she just wanted to be ravished. She just wanted a day constantly. I've literally, I've literally written dog on heat describe her. <laughs> it was very confusing. <laughs> yeah. Because it wasn't empower like it wasn't empowering as a depiction, but it also like yeah, it, it was problematic. <laughs> at this. <laughs> like her, her her only motivation was penis. Like that was that was it for the whole like movie. Yeah, but there, there are ways to like to do that in like an interesting and like kind of modern way. But it just it was it, that it was wasn't like, the choice they made. No, it was no. just the, the laziest version of this woman. Oh, she wants to have sex with people. <laughs> I mean, this was this was 1979, and it it feels like it was written in 1963. So. I think this is the best that they were going to get out of it. So in, in that way, it was five years before yeah. Blazing Saddles. <laughs> Speaking of the, uh, the, the kind of early to mid-1960s, the, the guy who wrote this movie, uh, Robert G. Kane, only had one other film writing credit. He wrote the 1964 film Kisses for My President, where in a crazy turn of events, a woman is elected president, and then her poor husband has to take on the duties of the first lady. Oh, it's like <laughs> that, that is that is the plot of a movie that got made, right? Like it, it's such a weird indicator of like the sexism of the sixties. Like even in a film about wait, like, you say the sexism of the sixties? Well, that movie could easily have been made in seventies, eighties, nineties. It's only probably in the last ten years that people would be like, "Hold up, are we sure we want to do this?" It was like even in a movie about like this this historic event, like the first woman president, it still focuses mainly on how it affects her husband. 
I, I feel like that's an Adam Sandler film that's coming out next year. Oh, oh he plays years. both yeah. the president. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's both the female president and... Um, I want to say something that I did really like was their treatment of him of Cactus Jack and Whiskey. I, I thought that they had a good... Because they, they had that first scene where they were chatting and they were hanging out. It, it was certainly the most developed relationship in the film. It was, it was. It was and I genuinely enjoyed every time that they were on screen interacting. I really did. I, I thought it was fun. Uh, so we then we powered through this. They really put a lot of exposition and just like the plot points. They put were so much exposition. Powering. It was through. what twenty minutes before they were on the road. Yep. Yeah. They, yeah. They jumped in. They had that wonderful number one. You're going to close the door. Number two. You're going to unlock the safe. And number three. Get on the ground. <laughs> Every single joke in this movie. You could, like as soon as the setup happens, you can know. Oh, okay. This is where the punchline is going. Like, and that, as soon as he said, "Step on, open the like, close the door." Go open the safe, get on the floor. Like you know, he's just going to get on the floor before he opens the safe. There's every single joke in the entire. I movie. didn't. I was. I, 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 I was caught out by it. I, I was. I told the joke to myself in my head. He's like, number two, you're going to open the safe, and I was like, <laughs> poops. <laughs> and then, and then when he got down, he's like, I already did number two, and I was like, oh, you went there. I gave you way too much respect. But I thought that guy delivered it well. Oh yeah, he, I thought he was great. He was drunk. He was sweaty. He, there were some good, uh, some good roles in this. Well, I had hope at this point. I was like, it's okay. Like you know, we have the train thing, and now we're having this, and yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> You're I thought like, I was Whoa. going okay. I thought I was like, well, okay, yeah. we'll see. A, a lot of a lot of the people who were in like main roles are like not terrible. Mm. As if like, well, the, the people playing the, the Native Americans. Uh, Garbage. Don't talk bad about Paul Lynch. I, I, he was oh, he, he was a standout. He was a, a highlight of this movie for me. Paul Lynch. Jeez. Oh, and now you could try and badmouth his representation of a Native American, <laughs> but I don't believe he did one. <laughs> <laughs> I think that he was. Did you, you just play Paul Lind in a bad yeah, Halloween costume? That's not what it was. He didn't even bother in an accent. You're still Paul Lind. <laughs> Come on, Stephen. You can do Paul Lind, surely. <laughs> I can't. He was. I heard him, and I was like, "Oh, that voice!" And when I was a kid, I used to be able to do uh, that. Uh, his voice. I didn't even know who he was. I don't even know how I knew that voice. He popped up in Scooby Doo. He popped up in a, in a bunch of stuff in, the, in like the sixties, doing voice work. He's great. Yeah, he's. Incredible. And he was in the. He was in Bewitched in a bunch of episodes. Yeah, he was one of the. Un- is he the uncle? He's the uncle. Like? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Celebrity <sighs> Squares is what he's. Uh... Yeah, Santa Square wasn't he? He was the center square for yeah. a very long time. And you disrespect him. Disrespect yeah. him. Oh, I'm so much to be honest with you. So I, do, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> don't play that card. Yeah. Man. Also, we're all talking about him, but like, we're, all of our examples of him are pre 1980. So <laughs> yeah, I know. None of us existed. We got to listen. We got to do the uh, the theme music for uh, for Cactus Jack, which is nice. We had some good information about that. Uh, he totes a ga- dangerous gun. I would argue all guns are dangerous, but keep keep on writing those hit lyrics. In, in the, uh, the theme for, uh, for for Handsome Stranger, doesn't it say like uh, his pistols have like uh, pearl handles? But when you see his guns, they don't have pearl handles. But Cactus Jack's guns do. It's just like this is stupid. <laughs> you really listen to this movie, <laughs> like, Jesus. I'm really good at finding things to get mad about. That that was one of them for this movie. It's like why put that in the song if you're not going to take the like just swap the guns around. You like. <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, just give him the other guy's gun. We and didn't then, know. They yeah. did the songs afterwards. Sounds like I'm fine with the sexist and the rapist jokes, but you know the songs are not. They're not accurate. Yeah. They're just not accurate. Are they? <laughs> it's just fucking nonsense. 
Why, why even have songs if they're not like accurate to what's going on in the movie? Well, yeah, it's a character theme. Like, why, just make it accurate to the character. Finn, let it go. No, I, I, I will not. So if we are going to talk about uh, Handsome Stranger... Um, is one, one of the many great names in the film. It's his father's name. <laughs> um, easily, what the the best moment in the entire movie is the soulful and well, like just well paced and beautifully delivered monologue. Um, it, it was almost Shakespearean. It was. I was drawn in. I like stopped everything in my life, and I was like, I want to know what's happening. The true word is a, is a soliloquy. That's just what it is. It needs that gravitas. Do, do, do you wanna, should, should we play a bit of it? Oh yeah, we, we're gonna we're gonna play some of that now. A whole bunch of crazy horses running down the main street of the town. Yeah. And so I finally realized that uh, these were runaways. And uh, you know, so I jumped on my horse and I chased them down the street and I ran after them and it was like crazy. The hoofs were beating on the ground and they were going faster and faster. I was getting faster and faster catching up with them. There's a bit it is. What was that about? What was that? That was about. Um, so as we all know, that's a uh, a movie convention. You, you do the cutaway. It builds who the character is, introduces new information. In that case, we found out why he'd be beaten up. Which they, they never even showed him getting beaten up. They that's just, good storytelling. We already know <laughs> he got beaten up. Don't re-show it to me. I want to know how. They just told us. And, and like the thing is, we really needed to understand that he was a nice guy because that needs to be reconfirmed after he helped the old lady across the street. <laughs> Since that it was his only redeeming, well, his only feature. That was literally his character. I'm, I'm a nice guy. There's his other like redeeming feature where he like, uh, you know, he gave up violence and accepted Jesus into his heart. Very easily. Yeah. <laughs> it, it took no convincing to get this weird. Like, I thought that that was the point. Preacher on the other, yeah. The point was that he's like, you have to give up violence. You have to stop drinking. He's like, I'm not doing any of those things anyway. <laughs> You have to stop flying. I wasn't flying. You have to stop using laser beams. That's not even a thing. That was the whole point, wasn't it? Um, it, So, Mike, I know you wanted to talk about, before we get too far ahead as we move on... Let's not jump to the road trip. I think there's one important thing that we do need to address. Before we leave town. Which is uh, is Cactus Jack waking up in bed next to a pig. With a bow on. With, with a bow and with like a, a pick. like a like like negligee or something hanging on the door behind him. Mm-hmm. Was there negligee on the door? There yeah. was. Yeah. yeah. Oh, was the pig in the negligee? It's a fancy pig. Well, I, I think we're supposed to assume the pig had previously been in the negligee. No. I don't mean to assume there was a woman and then she ran away and the pig is was that, like, "Here I go." Is that what we're supposed to assume? Because <laughs> I, I just assumed he had sex with a pig. Literally, like, here's my own. Yeah, literally. Wait, wait, wait. So your idea is like it's babe pig in the sissy, and she so. ends up in the red light district and yeah. says like, "I need to make my mark in in the adult world." It's like I got piglets to feed, you know. Just jump in there with him. It's all good. She's got her bow on. She's looking great. <laughs> Babe Pick in the City, directed by the same guy who wrote all the Mad Max films and Happy Feet. <laughs> George Miller, weird directing career. So Hannah's premise is that he slept with a pig. Yeah. Uh, my What I thought had happened was that he had slept with a, a, a lady from the, from the brothel mm-hmm. that he was at, and then she had, like, snuck out and, and put a pig in bed with him and possibly taken some of his money. What? Why would... What? I was because you're, you're reading way too much into that. I hey, if they're not going to write the movie, someone has to. You know, you know, it's, the third option. He sleeps. He sleeps with a prostitute, and it turns out she's an animorph. 
I, I think like because there, there were like seven or eight bottles of F, like empty whiskey bottles on the floor, so I think we're supposed to assume he was so drunk he didn't realize he was having sex with a pig. I, I think. I no, think I think I think I'm with you. I think he was he slept with the woman. She left. And then the pig got in the bed. There's and remember, in the text to suggest that. we're talking, but we're we're talking about what we think their intention was when they made this, and I believe that was what they wanted us to read from it. Mm-hmm. I, I uh, I'm kind of on this side, and I kind of think that <laughs> you think that they wanted us to think that he had got so drunk that yeah. he had made love to, and it's not a big pig either. <laughs> no, it's like a piglet. The thing that gives it away is that she's wearing a bow. Yeah. It's like, I think, okay. Who put the bow on? No, the, the pig. She didn't. She doesn't have opposable thumbs. The, the, the pig is trying to trick Kirk, Kirk Douglas into thinking that she's a woman so that he can have sex with her and maybe take her away from his life of being a pig. So <laughs> Maybe they'll get married and have, like, horrible half-human, half-pig hybrid children. You say horrible, but they might be terrific. I mean... They can eat anything. They survive very well. The stuff probably went Oscars. You know, <laughs> get acting blood in that family. <laughs> it would be so weird if they like going to Thanksgiving and it's like Michael Douglas, Kirk Douglas, and the pig. <laughs> Pork Douglas? No, that's not a good joke. Oh, no. I think it was. I think it's great. <laughs> okay. uh, so, Mike, I'm going to ask you a question that I, I wish I would never have to ask you in this podcast. Uh, have we talked enough about the pig sex scene yet? Yeah, I think we've done. Okay, good. <laughs> um, Can I bring up one more thing before yes. we move on? Oh, Jesus. Write it down. It's not pig sex, it's fine. I just want, before we go on, just talking about the um, the costumes, I know we briefly touched on this. What did you think of her costumes? I thought it was great. Like her, the gingham, and his... It's, I think the more attractive you are, the more pastel you get to wear in this movie, I think. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know? That's an interesting barometer for the movie. I don't know if the costuming was, like, good, but I, I certainly enjoyed aspects of it. Not going to get too much deeper into that, because I don't want to sound like a fucking perv. Well, I, I'll dive right into oh, that. Good. I believe in, her costume... Well, no. We <laughs> uh, her costume, I think, was, like... Was perfectly what you see when you go into the costume shop and you look for sexy cowgirl. And they nailed it because it was all cinched in the right places. It was all like, I don't know how our father sent her to the city looking like. <laughs> I, he's got to know what's going on. The one thing that I found really like surprising is when she was on the cast and she was moving the head like sleeve down to try and reveal more. And it's like. Yeah, you're fine. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. not really anything else that can be revealed. <laughs> you, you, don't worry about it. You, you're doing well. Just yeah, like you've, that. you've got enough showing. I think we all know what's on offer. We, and everyone seems to be into it. It just seems like she doesn't have any bites. Yeah. Right? Like, everyone seemed interested in what she had. Like, she's like, I just need to get laid. And everyone's like, I'm into that. And yet somehow she never got laid. Well, except for, like, Arnold Schwarzenegger, who's not into it. He had to go and get wood. He had to go and get wood. Like, was that was that the joke they're doing? I kept on trying to. That's what I was trying to figure out. Was that a pun? I, I think don't. Yeah. Surely. I don't think it was. Like, is that a thing they say in America? There's, yeah, getting wood is getting. Yeah, get, but he didn't say uh, get wood. He said I have to go get the wood. They did it. They did it twice, and then she did it, which was a good payoff. Yeah. It was good. Yeah. Um, uh, is that that's how you do jokes? You you do you do two things to, to sit it up. And two things to get no off. reaction whatsoever, yeah. <laughs> and then ideally maybe a little reaction each way. Here, on the costumes, I don't know if anyone else is aware of this, but Arnold Schwarzenegger's costume, the um, handsome stranger, was actually an exact copy of the Lone Ranger. Oh really? Yeah, but without the mask. That's why it looked so perfect. Oh. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Probably more room for like muscles and stuff. But. Yeah, he had a lot more muscles packed in there, which I did appreciate when he got her bags and she was just like, because yeah. <laughs> uh, she was full on touching him and yeah. like he, he didn't seem to notice. Like, um, maybe he has that like disease where you can't like you have like no feeling any of your nerve endings. I don't I don't feel anything <laughs> on my skin. It's <laughs> crazy. This whole outfit's polyester. It would itch anyone else. <laughs> I thought a great costume gag was the uh, suspender gag that they did. Yeah. Oh, okay. I just gonna, that, that was so poorly done. I thought that like we're trying. We're supposed to assume his legs had come off. <laughs> like, his, I thought that as well. I thought yeah. his, like his torso had come apart. I was like, come on. If it, I think if it actually done that, yeah. If it actually done that, I would have liked that gag so much more. But just like really played into just the crazy cartooniness. Just like just like completely disconnect his torso from his legs. This would be great. This was actually like the, the the first point in the film where the where the cartoon physics was was like explicitly implied for the yeah. rest of the movie, where you had that complete break from reality, and it's like okay, we're in a cartoon now. And yet, it wasn't that fun to watch, and it wasn't super satisfying. <laughs> no, it wasn't. I mean, like, it was, it was so badly edited that, like, when his legs are oh, supposed yeah, to, like, yeah. go back into, like... His into, pants, into the pants. Yeah, you see his legs go past, then yeah. there's a cut, and then you see him going back into the and pants. And it was a super hard cut as well. It wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't a transition. No, you, got, you guys are overthinking it. You just got to lean back and just enjoy the, the, the thought of it. Right? You can't expect them to deliver goods or every time. Like that is the exact attitude at least to movies like Suicide Squad being made. I'm listening. <laughs> and there, there's a sequel, right? Will there be Jared Leto as a as the Joker? Or are we getting yeah, an he's, he's going to have more chances to male use condoms to other people. No, oh, he's gross. I don't he's want to so talk about terrible. Jared Leto. He's horrifying. I don't, I don't know about any of this. And I don't you want don't to. need to. I'm fine. He's a dirty bastard. Uh, so yeah, he is we'll, a dirty we'll, bastard. We'll tell you all about how terrible Geraldino is afterwards. Yep. Oh, fun. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this is... this is Okay, so my problem, or one of my many problems with the, with the film, is that this is where the, the cartoon physics comes in. But it's kind of half real. They never lean in and go, like, completely silly. You never get... Not until right at the end. No, but that's the thing. It's like you get you get this kind of cartoony world, and he gets crushed by rocks, and he gets like all these kind of like zany things happen to him. But there's no big physical payoffs. You don't get to see him be crushed. You don't get to see him kind of like flattened or. Well, yeah, because I think mean, like Kirk Douglas was 64 years old. They're, they're not gonna they're not gonna actually crush him with a rock, are they? No, but <laughs> I, although I very much appreciated that shot where he's like clearly waiting for the he's rock like... to be dropped as well <laughs> yeah. in front of him, and then yeah. he still he still like crunches down when it comes. Out. I was like, good on you. <laughs> Yeah, it was like the, the stunts in this movie are like not not terrible. That's how he got to do this movie. The ins- it was all an insurance thing where they were sure he was going to hurt himself. Yeah. They're like, we got all the insurance. We're going to make it all back when he hurts himself. So if, if you go on uh, IMDb and you look at uh, Hal Needham's, uh, who's the, the director, you look at his uh, IMDb page. There's, there's 20 uh, directing credits. There's 104 st- uh, stunt credits. Oh. Yeah, he's like, a, he's a it's like a stunt, pro- stunt choreographer, stunt performer. He was like did, did stunts from like the sixties up until the nineties, and so like the, the stunts are like the one part of the film was like, oh, that that's a good thing. I, I enjoyed that. That is like well done. Yes, I, he I, did jump and miss that train. Yeah. Did you <laughs> happen to Did you happen to see the Burt Reynolds reference uh, during yeah. the horse scene? No. Uh, the yeah. Pleasure Palace, the house that was the on cast fire, house, yeah. um, of course had a, a picture of Burt Reynolds painted on it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't see that. No. No. Yeah. 
Finn was too busy worrying about those poor women. (laughs) Their house is on fire. This is just their place of work. One thing I want to say that I did really enjoy, uh, it's just a little passing moment, but when he was flipping the gun, when he was flipping the guns around and he was catching them and he was throwing them over his shoulder and catching them. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, he probably trained for a while to do that. He did. Yeah, he practiced that. So I was like, I'm going to fire three times, going to fire another three times, and I'm going to flip my gun a bit. And it was like, that was cool. But like, that was another one of those jokes. I was like, oh, I know exactly where, where, this, where this is going. Where he like fired the gun. Finn, it's like, Finn, you do comedy. We're not all programmed to think like that. <laughs> Some of us found it delightful. Yeah. You don't, you don't have to like guess the end of a joke every time it starts to come. Let it wash over you. You Good. should have seen Finn when this came out of the movies. He just stood up every time. Yeah. Spoiler alert, he doesn't have any bullets left. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. We, we went to like that art house and watched the, the revival. <laughs> I remember when we went and saw Fight Club. We were 25 minutes in and you're like, not a real guy. <laughs> that is not a real guy. They're both just one person. All right. And then you walked out. Didn't even finish your popcorn. Funny thing is, like speaking of the guns, it's full of carbohydrates, Steve. <laughs> Talking about the guns, I I actually watched this movie when I was like eleven, I think, maybe maybe younger. You, actually, you've already watched this movie. Yeah, yeah. I saw you, you when I was a kid, you, you did it again. You watched it again voluntarily. Yeah, but I, I actually remembered that the handsome stranger had a gun with seven with uh, seven chambers, and I remember as like a ten year old thinking, "Wow, that's really clever and that's really cool." That's the one thing I remembered from this whole movie. I was like, he has a gun with seven holes in it. But here's the thing, is it was very clever, and it was very cool, and it was, because uh, this was this is the interaction which I love. This is a seven-shot six-shooter, and I had it made specially. <laughs> Why? I don't know. <laughs> what? what? Yeah. I think it either. It's like, specially made. Oh, no. Which is perfectly fine, because, like, let's face it, we all do stuff we don't know. But not in a movie. But, like, so many of his, of, like, Alan Schwarzenegger's jokes in this, like, the punchline was just, oh, I don't know. I don't know. It was like, we were talking about his father, like, oh, I didn't meet him or whatever. It was like... But it was that level of cartoonishness where they didn't lean in enough, because what I wanted to, if he had said, like, you'll find out next scene, like, <laughs> that would be great. Or, like... Yeah. Or like just your way. No, that'd be too messy. If he was just like, huh? I don't know. Played up like the dumbness, but he didn't play dumb. He played distressed. He's like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you know, like, why don't you know what happened to you? Like he ended a fugue state. <laughs> it, it felt like throughout the movie he'd forgotten that he was human, and he, he was like a robot that had just woken up. Because it was like, it was like his whole character motivation was like, oh, you've been asked to do this thing, and he's like, oh, why? Because you'd, this guy saved your life once, and he was like, oh yeah, he did. <laughs> he, he was a perfect Westworld character. He was. He was a, <laughs> You're like, I have one more question about your backstory, and he's like, <laughs> and then so I saved the horses. I was. <laughs> I said, no, we already heard that story. I'm talking about your. That's just like default starting point all the way through. I don't know <laughs> what happened. Why did I get this gun made? <laughs> Also, you would not be not aware that a gun has seven holes in it. What? Yeah, but well, when he was emptying the, the the bullets, he would have noticed that there was there, there was like seven cartridges. No, if if you're just counting down. But you don't count down. You look at it and you go empty. No, he, he wasn't really empty. looking at it. He wasn't he, looking he at was it. Just, he was counting to six. This oh. is a man that probably had sex with a pig, okay? He <laughs> <laughs> got Valid point. Valid point. Who then jumped onto the next? His next strategy was for his picnic creeping. Oh yes. Oh yeah. He got on the highest cliff for no reason to spy on them having a picnic. 
Well, the boat, the boat having a picnic, they were like setting up a bidding for the night. Yes, but it looked like a picnic. Yes. Was I the only one who thought it looked it like did, a picnic? Yeah. Okay. I, okay. I'm, I'm wrong. I'm uh, wrong. wrong. I, I would also ask Finn, how many picnics have you been to? <laughs> the, this year? Oh! I've oh. been to one picnic this year. Oh, I am. Uh, I take that back. I'm yeah. sorry, Finn. You. Well, yeah, like, that, and that was a little bit that I appreciated, was the, uh, the little moments of cartoon physics when he was leaning over on the branch because Charmin was getting undressed yep. and then fell but hung in the air for a second. Mm. I really liked that. that I, 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 say, I, I, didn't, I didn't like that because, like, they, well, no, because, like... You're if, just a contrarian. No, if, if they were doing, like, actual, like, original funny, like, gags, I would like that, but they're just, they're just ripping off. Like, they're doing the exact joke that Chuck Jones did 30 years earlier. If, if they leaned into it and he pulled out a little umbrella and popped it, that would have been pretty great. <laughs> yeah, if they'd done something like that, just, just to, like, add something to it to make it, like, original in any way. Yeah, that's not what this movie was. It was yeah. a homage. <laughs> you got to accept that it was a homage. There's a character named Jones and there's a character named Avery. Have you're you aware of what they were doing. Have you ever heard of a jukebox musical? <laughs> <laughs> All right. It was like that. It was the jukebox musical Chuck Jones joke. Yes, it was exactly that. They got them in, they put them all in the little thing, they just punched them out. Sometimes we even had to play the same track several times. <laughs> I, w- I was expecting him to do the full um, Tex Avery Wolf thing where his eyes bulge out and his tongue goes for a little while. We do not have budget for no, that. No. <laughs> we barely had enough budget for him to fall over. They didn't have a, they didn't have a budget for like a good-looking rock to fall on him. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. The rock was very fake. <laughs> but uh, adorable. Did you think they used the, the same rock both times in both, like, the, the rock falling down scenes? 100%? Yeah. yeah. I don't think anyone made two rocks. No, <laughs> that would be very honest. But they reused but the same joke in the same movie, so they may as well reuse the same rock. <laughs> that was their one rule. Hey, if we're doing the same joke, we're going to have a different rock, all right? These people deserve some difference. So they had budget for eight horses. <laughs> they did. <laughs> Yeah, a little factoid. Whiskey, the horse, was played by eight different horses. That were all identical. No, I read that apparently it was one horse and it had a name and it was called like Ot or something. And there was one horse who oh. had who also played Black Beauty. So oh. I thought, now what the fuck am I doing in this shit? I've gone from Black Beauty <laughs> to this. Yeah. My career just gone down the fucking toilet. <laughs> I would say though, but in, in terms of as a performer, Black Beauty, you're just playing a horse. Whereas Whiskey got to like as as a performer yeah. was a, a main character, yeah, had some good roles. Yeah, got some pretty solid gags. Got some solid. I mean that toilet gag. <laughs> that was terrific. It just backs into the toilet, and then they play a flush sound. That's not how long drops work. You zany zany kids. Well, like the, 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 the joke where they're like both behind the cactus. Oh, like, oh, oh that's great. It's like yeah, that was one of those jokes. Like oh yeah, okay, I like I like that. <laughs> See, they don't know how to, what to do to please you, Finn. Well, yeah, because like I, I don't I don't like necessarily hate all the jokes like that because I, I watched a rock and roll high school. I go with the Ramones, and mm. it's like it's like like a Roger Corman directed movie, so it has like all the same jokes as this, but it just felt like there was more care put into it, like and also. Just <laughs> rock and roll high school is kind of fun because it has good music. But the Ramones are the worst actors I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> there, there's like a scene, and you just watched this movie. Yeah, there was a scene backstage, like after the Ramones concert, and they are the least natural actors. It's astounding how terrible they are. Like they're just playing themselves. They they just, they're just uh, hang out and eat pizza. That's the hardest the thing wor- to do. It's the worst thing. You you haven't seen Kiss Phantom in the Park? <laughs> no, I'm not the Kiss movie. That's <laughs> 
I'm just going to let you two music nerds uh, stew in this. Me and Hannah will be over here in the Cool Kids Corner watching real movies. Yeah, Stephen, in your Master Splinter t-shirt. Thank you. Ninja Turtles. <laughs> oh, right. I just realized that was a Ninja Turtles shirt. Thank you. Or for Mike, uh, uh, Hero Turtles. Oh, yeah, true. Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles. Because ninjas were too violent for the British for the UK youth. market. Yeah. Really? Yeah. The early cartoons. Apparently not for Scotland. No. <laughs> They were full-on ninjas, yeah. and in, there was blood. In Scotland, they were murder turtles. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to say this. I really actually... Because there was very little chemistry between anyone no, in no. this movie, except between... Whiskey and Cactus Jack? No, no. Well, I mean, they had their own thing. They're okay. doing terrific. Okay, okay. I'll be honest. I think Whiskey led most of that. Um, but I really actually liked Nervous Elk and his uh, buddy. I thought that they had a really nice energy. They were yeah. fun. I mean, the problem with that whole stuff was just that... That cultural cringe that I think I think we all yeah. experienced. I think I, I'm too much of what Brendan Lovegrove would call an SJW to enjoy <laughs> any of that. But the thing is, they were so not tr- performing as Native Americans in any yeah. way. I, yeah, I guess. And I, it only got more offensive as the time went on, and they managed to be more and more terrible with it. Yeah. The first like several scenes with them, you were like, "Look, they're just why are you dressed like that?" And when when um, Cactus Jack was talking with his hands, wait, can you stop talking with your hands? <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but then he went, How would you like to get and you're like, Oh no, no. 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 Also, I don't know if you noticed but the horse the Indian horses that had markings on them, they had swastikas on them. Did, Did you know. notice that? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yep. Yeah, I, I was I was like, Oh, this is not okay. No. I want the Indian like, just do that, it's fine. I'm pretty sure it wasn't like a, a Nazi insignia. It was no, probably like, it's a cultural like, symbol that's around nice. for years. It's fine. Windmills. We're just putting windmills on. <laughs> Horrifying. They did get. I think the really weird moment for the Native Americans, though, the the, the battle scene. Yeah, that was was very strange. I I I don't know. Like, I I have no idea what like racist like cultural stereotype they're like playing off for that. Like, are Native Americans bad at riding horses? Is is that what? Because they're clearly not. Like historically, we're all very. At what point did we think that they were not good at riding? Yeah. like, uh, of all the jokes, that was the one that just baffled me the most, apart from, like, the final scene. I don't, I don't even know if I'd quantify it as a joke. Yeah, it's, I was like, it was a weird plot point. I th- I kept waiting for the reveal. Like, I thought the um, nervous elk was going to be like, oh, well, we are farmers, or something where you're like, uh, okay, sure. Well, like, the, the fact that, like, all of the, the, the uh, Native American characters who had names were something to do with, like, nervousness. Uh, like, there, there should have been, there, there was never any payoff for that. Like, there was one time where, like, he said the word, like, braves, and then I thought it was going to be a joke about how, like, like well, we're, we're all cowards or something, because, like, they, they all have those names, but, like, they, they just, there was no payoff to any of those jokes. They also did, he was like, advance, braves, and they played a bugle sound. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not how that works. I feel like someone just went, oh, warriors advance, all right, yeah, that's a bugle situation. Uh, they did have one of my favorite lines in the movie, though, was the, what about the white man? Piss on the white man. I was like, oh, nice. <laughs> oh, snap. Even though everyone in this movie is a white man. Yeah, I was like, but, but also, yeah, have you guys noticed what's going on with... All right, that's... But that wasn't the end of the movie, was it? No, we're on to like 40 more minutes. 
I mean, you're just you get into the end and you're thinking, how are they going to wrap this up? Because you're yeah. watching the yeah, it's like there's a minute left. The how is this going to be resolved? Because yeah. we have we have Mr. Avery. We need to catch up with him. We have, of course, Parody Jones, the dad. We need to find out what's going on with him. The chief, we assume, is done, but it was never really specified. No, so. Mr. Avery was the, the bank guy. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Bank guy with the crazy eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then there was the uh, the silver that we never even got to see. Yeah. Uh, I would like to have seen it. The, uh, the the bank uh, the bank guy J- uh, Jack Avery played uh, not Jack Avery what was uh, played by a character uh, Jack Elam who's uh, probably most famous uh, for uh, the opening scene of Once Upon a Time in the West with Sergio Leone film a much better western than this mm. so if if, if you want to see the terrible bank manager from this movie in a good western the first fifteen minutes of Once Upon a Time in the West he doesn't say anything and it's a weird scene that goes on for ages but it's good. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I, I'm, in, I'm in film school. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. I also really thought that they were going to get together, Arnie and Charming. Yeah, that would make sense. I really okay. thought that they were going to... So we had all these, these um, plot lines left to tie off, and then, and then I, th- I think Hannah should, should lead us through this. Okay. Yes, how would you describe the resolution of this movie? Okay. Okay, so... <laughs> gets to the end, he's got his gun... And she asked for a proposal, didn't she? She was like, give me... Because he was going to shoot him, and then she's like, give me your proposals. Handsome stranger. He just wants to do the right thing, because he's a nice guy. And, and what, what, what does Cactus Jack say? I think he says, I want to... Did he say he want to shoot him, take yep. the money? Ravish, I Ravish, think was the yes. word. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, the word. I think he, he did use molest earlier, which I thought was a bit much. <laughs> um, so now he's going to Ravish. I, I sh- mean, to, to be fair, like, Ravish is like a... That's like a way harsher word than molest, though. I think what? No, yeah. ravishing can be consensual. Yeah. All right, no, molesting no. by definition is is, is not okay. No. You see, you can R- tell ravishing sounds like... way less. It, it sounds just as non-consensual, but it sounds way harsher. Okay, but you but... see, you look ravishing, or you look so molesting. Well, you... <laughs> <laughs> so molestable. No. <laughs> oh God! Oh, I love that dress. It's very molesting. Oh man! Oh. You look so good. I'm feeling molesty. <laughs> Yeah, sure. If you put words in different contexts, <laughs> no, no, just all the time. <laughs> but that is the issue: is that yeah. he used a couple of different words for clearly just that he was going to have non-consensual yeah. relations. Yeah. So he goes, Which "I'm going to rabbit you." Pig. Hmm. Yeah. So about it, it. That, that scene sets up that he doesn't care about consent. Because animals can't give consent. They can't. That's Even why it's wrong. That's why it's beastly. That's, that's, that's the only reason you shouldn't have sex with animals. But then she surprises us because she's been a very three-dimensional representation of a real human being. And she's like, yeah, I'm into that. That one thing. She's had one want the whole movie, and yep. that's for for sweet loving. Mm-hmm. And he's like, let's do that. And then... She's um, like, cool. And then... And then, so, and then they kiss... And then what seems to be the weirdest two minutes of any movie I have ever seen in my life before. Which is him enjoying mini tramps hidden around. <laughs> Just jumping on mini tramps hidden all over. There are, there are trampolines that are like framed out. And he is jumping around on trampolines, just on top of buildings and like sped up like Benny Hill fast motion. For like two and a half minutes. Just on rooftops, on the ground, he's doing flips. To the I music. To, to, to the music, which I, I think I think refutes all of Finn's arguments. Of da 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 Yeah. Which is, it's just, it's like, oh yeah, this was a cartoon all the way through. 
Which I just wish they had Arnie because he's there. You got some reaction shots from the handsome stranger, um, but I just wanted a little bit of sound out of him of being like, <laughs> or like just a disappointed sigh or something because they did it, and that's like they just didn't deliver on like if he had just had done like a Charlie Brown walk out, yeah, that while he's jumping around, that would have been great. Or just but, some kind of response because Charmin seemed to be like. Well, this is just what happens when I kiss guys. It's just like, fair enough, well, like, in a cartoon universe. So the thing that I couldn't tell if she was like, oh, yeah, great job. This is exactly what, like, this, this is what I wanted. This is, this is great. This, or, this is sex to me. Or, <laughs> like, realize. or if she, she wasn't actually going with Kex Jack, if she, like, knew this is what happens when I kiss guys, and she, That's like, did, yeah. she, she did that as, like, as, like, a trick. Yeah, she actually has a huge spider's web where she just catches gentleman callers. <laughs> They bounce around, and then it's just a matter of time before they bounce into the web. Because he yeah. lands onto that like thing, and I assume hurts his penis. <laughs> well, he, he <laughs> that's, his penis that's so what you thought the outcome was. Oh, and then he slams his dick. He jumped, just crotch first onto the onto the horse's saddle so many times in this film. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's fine. I think that he. I think you would stop doing it. You make a choice. You're either if you don't like it, you either stop doing it. Yeah, or you, I mean, the only you ending, learn to love it. The only ending more ambiguous than this is The Sopranos. It's <laughs> <laughs> so, so weird. Slightly different tone <laughs> between this and The Sopranos. Both of them, you're wondering what happens to the father and the family. But <laughs> So that has been the breakdown of uh, the narrative of this. Um, I think we hit all the important points. And yeah. very few of them are important. Yeah, let's listen to a bit of challenge theme and we'll be back with uh, segment three. That's what we call it now. That's what we call it. And we're back. Uh, we're very excited that we're, we're jumping into our segments. So right now that you've heard all about the movie, we know we know how it all went down. Um, but that takes us to our next segment, which is of course uh, Hostile Trivia Baby. Hostile Trivia Baby. Yeah, so the first bit of trivia that we'll throw at you guys is uh, on the French soundtrack, the horse, Whiskey, was dubbed and had a voice to make it funnier. Mm, that's a good piece of trivia. How do you feel about that? Are you uh, for or against uh, it? I feel lied to. Yeah. You feel lied to? Uh, you feel lied to as in we just lied to you? Or no, the- no, like the bastards who made this movie lied to me. Oh, because I don't understand how that I'm, works I'm, in the I'm construct of language. Talk. No. I've got to be honest, I think it would have been a funny movie if Whiskey had talked. Uh, I'm going to stick with my roots and say I appreciated that he didn't talk and that they communicated in a non-verbal manner. Yeah, I think it, if he had talked, it would have just been... I think... Yeah, uh, that's probably a bit much. Because Whiskey's meant to be smart. And he'd yeah. just go, yo, don't do that. And then they'd be like, okay. Okay, well, let's say he was voiced by Paul Lind. <laughs> There's like two roles in one movie. Oh, two roles in one. I'm into it. I want to see that. It would have made that very different. So speaking of Poland. Uh, Poland, of course, uh, this was Poland's final film project. This was his last time out and about. Which is a real shame. 
There's no love Paul Lind in this room. There's not a lot of Paul Lind in And I will tell you this. Uh, I pulled up the Paul Lind uh, um, Halloween special and watched the first five to ten minutes of that um, today. And it was delightful. That, that's one of the things I, I like about, like, just, like, the concept of the past. Because, like, anyone could just have a special for, like, anything. Like, these days... Maybe... That's what you love about the concept of the past. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everyone, had, everyone just had a Christmas special. Or like... Now it's much more exclusive. You can't just throw something online or make a podcast well, no, about any ridiculous person well, no, like, you want. You're not going to have, like, like one made by, like, a, like a, an actual, like, production company or, like, a television place. Because, like... No one watches television anymore, and there's, there's no one who's popular enough. I can't think of anyone whose who's Halloween special I would watch. Oh, Bill Hader? <laughs> I'd watch a Bill Hader Halloween special. Yeah. yeah. I'd watch an Adam Scott special. I'd watch, oh, yeah. I'd watch a lot. But Adam Scott can do no wrong, but... <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, Hannah, who's your, who's your Halloween special? I probably yeah I'd like that one day sale Kristen Wiig special something like that would be good. Oh, that'd be amazing. Yeah. Who was that? Good Kristen Wiig. Oh, Kristen Wiig. Yeah, that'd be yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah. Oh, two SNL. There we go. We've just pitched four uh, Christmas specials. I'm not saying they all have to be separate, but just get them made. Whoever's out there listening. Uh, and then our uh, our final piece of trivia, which is not remotely exciting, which is of course that Cactus Jack Slade was named after a bunch of other very iconic Western people. That's, oh, this is going to be so dull. I don't even know if it's way. But <laughs> but Slade is actually an acronym for sneaky, lying, arrogance, dirtiness, and evil. Like Shield. <laughs> it's just like Shield. It's just, it's just like Shield. <laughs> Strategic hazard intervention, espionage, logistic directive. Uh, Mike was worried that uh, the listeners at home, as well as the people in here, didn't know what SHIELD was an acronym for. Yeah, and now we all know. No, I still don't know. We will all take that to our graves, that knowledge. SHIELD. Heavy. (laughs) Wait, I'm slightly dyslexic. Which one's next? Is it I? I think so. (laughs) But there was a C in there for SHIELD. (laughs) I'm, I'm doing well, guys. Think. Well, that was hostile at Trivia Baby. We crossed out most of the trivia in here because it's not that exciting. I've won not very and, exciting and piece of New Zealand Cactus Jack trivia, if you'd like it. How is their New Zealand... Well, what? well, strap in. So, this is, this is four, three years in the making, this. There is a Cactus Jack-themed um, backpackers in Rotorua. Fuck off! And it is horrendous. It's the worst place I've ever stayed in. It was awful. Wait, what? In, it's based on the film. Yes, it's Western, and there's, like, guns everywhere, and there's a creepy guy that runs it, and n- now now I know why it was there. It's in Rotorua. I don't know if it's still there. I stayed there in 2014. And now it was really weird when you checked in and he said, you look ravishing. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, jeez. Yeah. And, and now, now you know why you were with a pig in your beard. I, I was a bit jealous when you said my friend looked molesting. I was like, I'm just <laughs> But now you know. It's all, it's all the same. Exactly. It's just him sitting there with his creepy guy thesaurus. Yeah. His Jeez. bad guy handbook. Yeah, the bag of the yeah. So there you go. That's Captain weird. There's, there's one thing to be aware of is that this movie has a lot of fans. It really, If you go on IMDb, there's so many like 8 and 10 star reviews. I People don't People are really you. into it. Did you not read the reviews? They can't be that many because like the overwriting is like four, like five point four or something. Yeah, because you get a bunch of people who just leave one star and leave, yeah. but the people who are into it give it like nine to ten stars and go, "This is a really funny movie. Leave your brain at the door. <laughs> Why don't they make comedies like this anymore?" It has, like, a real fan base. I think don't leave it at the door. Leave it like in your car. Like this is all like how I still tell people that Yu-Gi-Oh! The movie is actually good, 
And no, nobody that believes me. <laughs> and would you stand by that now that you're... Uh, I mean, I watched it on Netflix not that long ago. Do they carry the arm thing around the yeah. whole time? No, but they only have that on like when it's going into like a battle. Okay, I only put my Yu-Gi-Oh arm thing on when I'm going into a battle. I, I, I never had one of those. I was so jealous of all the other kids that they had one of the arm things. Because that's what they thought. They were like, how can we make Magic the Gathering less cool? And they went, oh, Pokemon. And then Pokemon card game was amazing. And they were like, oh, shit, that was too cool. How do we make it really less cool? And then they were like, what if you had to play with your cards on a giant wristband? I, I don't know why you're saying I'm cool. It's <laughs> one of the, the fucking dopest things. You know what, <laughs> you know what, Hannah? I was sitting here and I was thinking, I don't think this Yu-Gi-Oh track can go on for too long. <laughs> <laughs> you want a bit? And it just didn't stop. No. Did you notice that? I have... was like, shit, Pokemon, right? So, so Pokemon is garbage. Yu Yu Gi Oh is so much better than Pokemon. Why, you know why, why, why I you... didn't fight over a fucking shiny Yu Gi Oh card, so <laughs> I was all about that Pokemon. So there you go. So our next section. <laughs> I have more to say about Yu Gi Oh. How are you gonna dig us out of this hole, Mike? So our next section is da- Das Reboot. Das Reboot. Who would you cast, and what do they do? So we live in a time of reboots, of reboots. Even the show Reboots is getting a reboot. That's a hard sentence to say. Uh, what's your reboot of this movie? Hannah, if you had to reboot this, how are you rebooting it? Okay, so <laughs> my first idea is I would just have it exactly the same and at the end it just cuts to that little thing in, in Inception that just spins. <laughs> <laughs> and it just goes. Oh. And that's it. That's the only difference. <laughs> oh, does that mean that, like, Cactus Jack is living in an Inception? Because he'd be the Inception, right? He's the guy getting Incepted? Yeah. No, yeah. I don't think so. Dream within a dream. Well, he, he's a not dream. doing the Incepting. He is not in control of that world. Who, who's who's dream is of it? Because well, you think it? Handsome Strangers? Because he never... He who knows? Yeah. I mean... Oh, that's an even like more interesting question than, than the one that's given Inception. It's whose dream are we in? Yeah, exactly. So oh. many levels, so... It could be the, the girl who lost her job at the cast house. Could, yeah, could be the one who crossed the street. Oh, it could be the one who crossed the street. She's so angry that she just goes into dream states in this whole time. <laughs> she died? Yeah, she died. It's a Jacob's Ladder. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. So oh, your reboot you. is the exact same movie. Like, you're like, you don't even recast it. You're no. not reshooting anything. It's the exact same <laughs> exactly thing. Exactly the same. You're using the entire reboot budget to license that one shot. You're not gonna, even going to shoot the, the spinning top. No, well, like, I'm just going to take that from him section. Yeah, and use the money. <laughs> wow, that's an interesting reboot. So you just kind of like, in, in one, what, ten second scene, you've elevated it to art. Exactly. <laughs> that's amazing. Oh, and the cheap as well. So, then was making a reboot. Come see me. There you, <laughs> you know, go. Wow. With no money. We're only four episodes into this podcast. I didn't think that our reboots would get this meta that far. <laughs> I know. All right. That's it. Uh, and then we're gonna jump over with, um, of course, uh, I'm back. I'm back, baby. It's the sequel. Excellent. So Hollywood is calling, of course, this movie, whether or not it was a massive hit, we want you to imagine that it was an incredible hit. And uh, Finn, we would like you to pitch to us, what is the sequel of this movie? Whatever your heart desires is going to be right in that beautiful follow-up to this masterpiece. Okay. Uh, I, I have two ideas for sequels. Uh, but the first one, fairly straightforward, 
It's just, you, you do the same thing as Evil Dead 2. It's, it's not really a sequel. You just basically do a remake, call it a sequel, and you, but you play up the comedy elements more. You make it actually funny. So For how much you two hated this movie, both of you have pitched just watching it again. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I, no. But basically, what, what you do is, like, the, the story is not, like, there's funny jokes you could do with that. Like, the idea of, like, super slapstick, cartoony, comedy western, that's not a terrible idea. You just get a competent director in, you cut out all the stuff of the Native Americans, you do original jokes instead of just stealing completely all of Chuck Jones' material. This is getting to be a bigger ask, everything that you mentioned. I know, I know, I know. Um, so, my, my second one is, uh, if I was going to do a sequel find a character whose performance I enjoyed and base a sequel around them but I couldn't find any there's so oh wow you really turned you turned our wonderful a- adventure against itself the only character in the movie that I didn't find excruciating was Anne Margaret's cleavage is <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think you guys aren't are trying to do like a less bro sort of podcast. So, uh, she well, does have a molesting cleavage. She does. But I think so. Like, but as as Stephen kind of mentioned before, there was a way to do this movie that's kind of like smarter and like with a more empowered main character. And so I was thinking like make it about her, make her the main character, and just have it because all like a, have her be sort of like a proto-feminist anti-hero going around the west seducing and robbing men. Uh, oh, okay. It'd basically be like a, a Wedding Crashes meets Blazing Saddles meets La Femme Nikita. Mm. Okay. It also yeah. has a little bit of that uh, Terminator 2 vibe, where like Sarah Connor was the like, oh, I don't know what's going on in, uh, in yeah, Terminator yeah, yeah, yeah. 1, and now she's like super badass. Whatever happened with the ravishing, you know, she's, you know, yeah. ended up... So does she go after the uh, the evil bank guy? Yeah, she, she basically just like go, goes around with and like finds men who have like wronged women and just seduces them and takes all their shit and then kills them. I'd watch that. Yeah, yeah. I believe it all started when her father died in a uh, mining accident mm-hmm. uh, due to having the incorrect amount of blasting powder. <laughs> he had ordered a very specific amount of blasting powder. Yeah, he got blasted off, he hits a trampoline, and then just <laughs> went into the moon. But those trampolines must make, must make walking around their property so difficult. <laughs> just fixing the roof was exhausting. <laughs> oh, what? One nail. <laughs> Another nail. It was terrific. Um, all right, well, I, I like it. I'm into it. Um, that takes us to our uh, next segment, which uh, normally we would do a quote of the movie, but uh, our handsome stranger, Arnie, really didn't have that many uh, lines in this. So we thought we were instead, uh, this movie has so many gags, um, some of them funny, and some of them are just things that happened. But we would like to uh, invite our wonderful guests to tell us what your favorite gag of the movie was. I've been pretty harsh on this movie, but there was like one or two jokes that I genuinely enjoyed. And the first one of those was uh, 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 the scene that kind of introduces uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's character, Handsome Stranger. He helps, a, he helps an old woman across the road, even though she doesn't want to cross the road. And then uh, l- later on, uh, he, he finds her being carried along on a stretcher, and uh, uh, she, she's been run over by, by a cart uh, trying to recross the road. And she, uh, he asks, uh, what's happened? And one of the main characters, Richard, says that she was, uh, she was run over by a cart carrying barrels of beer. And Arnold Schwarzenegger says, the immortal line, I always said, drinking and driving don't mix. Yeah, uh, uh, like that's a thing, right? Because we don't do it anymore. But they did in the 70s. <laughs> so totally cool, <laughs> 
I do like I do like moments like that where um, like parody westerns tr- uh, like uh, transcend their their actual setting. Yeah. If it's done in a nice way. Oh, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty good. Excellent, Hannah. What was your gag of the movie? What was your so, favorite moment? I think I really liked when they were coming out behind the cactus. I thought that was true. <laughs> when the horse and then comes thing. And then I think probably just because it was like the most stupidest one, but it was most true to the, the Looney Tunes style, was painting the black tunnel on the wall yeah. and then going through because it was just a different like level of like okay he's just gone through and then he just ran into the wall so I thought that was pretty funny I thought it was like because it was so ridiculous yeah the joke was edited reasonably well it was edited a little yeah. bit sharper than some of the other ones they only they only lost me when they cut like because he had that they had that beautiful wide shot yeah and the fact that they, it would have been so great because they left the run in for so long it would have been so great to just see him run all the way and just into it yeah into yeah. it yeah, yeah. that, that, that would have made that joke a lot better here's my yeah. moment and I love this it happened early on but it was the moment that I was like I'm with you guys I know that there's some good stuff in here he is in in the, he's in the bank. He blows up the entire wall of the bank, um, which is, that's not the gag. That was so-so. Um, but then to escape, instead of going out the hole that he made or through the door that he went, he jumped through the window and then got caught on the bars of the window, which oh, was good. just was so dumb. Uh, oh. I like that joke a lot more remembering it now than I did at the time. <laughs> well, because at the time you're worried. You're like, where is this going? Well, do I have to... Is there going to be anything in here? It was delightful. I, I, I hope Kirk Douglas doesn't get cut. <laughs> it looks like he actually jumped through that window. Wouldn't it be terrible if that's how Kirk Douglas had died? It's just, oh, he just like slits his neck on a broken window plate on the set of this movie. Like a Brandon Lee. That would be so rough. He's still good. He's, he's still alive. He's like, he's like 101. I'm Spartacus. <laughs> yeah. Now he just like posts blogs on the Huffington Post about like how terrible Trump is. And it's like, great job. Great job, Kirk Douglas. <laughs> this is exactly what you should be doing. Just enjoy your retirement and make sure fascism doesn't take over again. There we go. So my favourite gag was uh, the bit where... where uh, he got a spear thrown at him and he picked Wait, when up. was that? <laughs> <laughs> Is that when he was meeting the Indians? Yeah, okay, right, yeah. Don't help him. <laughs> he was meeting the Indians, and he, he picked it up, put it down, and he well, you know, bounced it on the shin a few times, and it didn't snap, and he threw it down, and it wasn't breaking, and then he snapped it. And it was, <laughs> Do you remember <laughs> anything that happened a bit? Yeah. Uh, I believe Whiskey snapped it. Yeah, he put it under a uh-huh. horse's leg, and the horse snapped on it. But it was really funny. For someone, <laughs> for someone who's watched this movie twice as many times as everyone else here, yeah. you, you seem to remember it far less. I think he was riding high on that uh, the, the first viewing. He's like, I got this. I know how it all happens. It all works in there. I've got to be honest, I tuned out a lot during the, uh, the whole Native American scene. I, I, that went all of them, because they were real weird <laughs> scenes. I just liked how casual they were, like, where they were just like, hey, we're just hanging out and watching this guy. They did have that nice line of, um, they, uh, they told us to watch him, but he needs to be looked after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was like, I, I thought that was a well-written line. I wish I'd remembered that. That I butchered just then. Yeah. I, uh, just, I just smile whenever Paul Lynn speaks. Oh. Yeah. So here we go. Uh, ain't got time to read. Ain't got time to read? Uh, this is where we ask you guys. We're gonna tell you the actual like one like the tagline for the movie, and at, at the very best that you can, it can be as awful as you want. Um, you're gonna tell us if you had to write a tagline for this movie. All right. So this movie, when it came out, was the um, the villain, the fastest fun in the West. Mine was the villain 
Have you seen Looney Tunes? Dot dot dot. If not, look at how creative this is. <laughs> is this supposed to be a tagline that like would make people want to go and see them? Whatever you need. Because I don't know if I've got any of Whatever you need to get off your chest. <laughs> the villain. Do you like boobs? And then in brackets, but just one pair. Yeah. One, there's one for the whole movie. I, I, I don't know if I can overstate how much of that is the only like redeeming quality of this movie is just cleavage. There's, there's nothing. There's nothing else good. <laughs> you can take that again if you want. Well, did, did it pick up me sighing afterwards? <laughs> it's, so it did. it's implied. Yeah. It's implied. Uh, Mike, do you have one? Uh, if, if I was going to go for one, it would be, do you want to watch a really long cartoon that's not very funny? Gold. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. uh, if there's one thing that I've really always enjoyed about cartoons as a kid, I was like, oh, I've, this is only seven ages. minutes. Yeah. I, I want to watch this for 90 minutes. But yeah. don't, don't do any new jokes. Just do the same just thing the same. over yeah. and over again. You're like, more of this, but but not more of this. <laughs> yeah. Like, I want more. Yeah, yeah give, give me space jam. Don't yeah. just... <laughs> I've tried ramen, and I would like to know more about Japanese cuisine. Bring me more ramen. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think my tagline would be the villain. But at least Kirk Douglas got a paycheck. <laughs> Maybe he'll find because he needed it. He was really struggling at that point. I think he must be wanting a new kitchen or something. Yeah. That's like, he thought, I'll do this. <laughs> Arnie didn't need the money. It was. All, I mean, the whole movie is just a. Uh, it's just an advert for sexy costumes. Mm-hmm. Right. Think that's what it is. It's just. A, yeah. It was. All, it's, it's, it was paid for. It's funded. It's completely by the, the sexy store. costume yeah, Halloween store. Yeah. But by the sexy costume lobby. There's plenty of it. So we have one final thing that we want to ask, which is, uh, this movie was made in 1979. Uh, that's a long time ago. Do you feel like it? And we've already covered this, but this is your last chance for parting thoughts. But do you feel like it? It held up, or that it you know is still? Would you recommend it? Would you Would you recommend it to anyone to watch again? No comment. <laughs> Hannah? I mean, no. Well, no. depends to who. People I didn't like. <laughs> really? Say, say I was like some evil saw-type murderer. This would be in part of one of my like crazy death traps. Just like, I'm going to cut off one of your legs. You have to watch a villain for 90 minutes. I'll cut off your other leg. And then I, I don't know what Saw does. Does he put scorpions in people? Does he put scorpions in people? I just assume he puts scorpions in people. What is what is Saw about? Scorpions in people? I imagine so. It's mainly scorpions, right? <laughs> I, I mean, like, I'm just imagining what would have to be in most movies to make me enjoy them. The scorpions. They just got real, they just got real weird for tortures. It's not even torture. They actually quite like it. These people are into having scorpions in them. I'll be honest, it, it mainly features sores. So, as uh, <laughs> uh, the two of you were, uh, this is the most Arnie that you've ever sat down and I know, I feel consumed. so sorry for both of you because there are good Arnie films. Well, no, I, I watched the entirety of Terminator. All right. So, yeah. Good, okay, good. But uh, are you going to go out and find some more Arnie after this, or do you feel like... Well, I feel like this did not do Arnie just because he didn't see anything. He didn't. He had no character developments. He had nothing to work off. Even his strength, which is his main thing, wasn't put to any well, use. He just kind of like picks up the wagon lazily. That one time, yeah. yeah. Which also, they so butchered that joke. Oh my god! When he was like, "Which way do I face it? North?" And she's like, "We're just going the same road." And he's like, "All right." 
And it was just going, like, it could, it could have been something there. And then it was just nothing at that all. Whole, like, I don't know how bad that joke was. I didn't even realise it was supposed to be a joke until now. I just thought <laughs> we were having a discussion about, about geography. It was, well, because it was a deadpan joke that was unfortunately delivered by to a deadpan performer. You know, so he's like, okay... Yeah. <laughs> I'll be honest, I think it, there's a, there was probably a, a decent movie in there if you changed Charmin and uh, Handsome Stranger up with, with different actors. I, I, I thought she was so. alright. I think it was she was fine, but she if you got the uh, the German one from Blazing Saddles, I can't remember her name. Oh, um, Wait, you, you just got to replace well, all these actors well, with Blazing Saddles. Uh, <laughs> she would have killed Kahn. it. Madeline Kahn. Madeline Kahn. Yeah, and I feel like uh, Handsome Stranger, if you had uh, Gene Wilder <laughs> play that role... Would, it would have been, it would have genuinely oh, wouldn't. Oh, God, I can't remember who's it the star worked. of... It would have Little is the star of Blazing Saddles. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It just replaced. Yeah, no, I'm not if going they, to if they it, it, okay, If you swapped out the cast of Blade and Saddles into this movie, I think. And then it would be. Cal Needham with Mel Brooks. It'd be an awful sequel. <laughs> it would be a terrible yeah. sequel. It'd be like, oh, geez, it's been five years. I'm pretty sure you guys have moved on. But it would have been an okay movie. Yeah, I'm so sorry that this was like, was like your first real look at, at Arnie outside of like the Terminator franchise, which is a shame because. I, I wouldn't call this an, like an Arnie movie. It's a movie yeah. which Arnie is in. It's not, he's not the, you know, so I don't think... True that. I mean, I won't blame him for the script. I don't think he had a hell of a lot to do with it. Yeah. Um, it's not like a movie where he's, like, one of, like, the guiding people behind, like, twins or something. <laughs> oh, I've seen that one. Twins. That's one I've seen. You've seen twins? Yeah. Forgot about that. That was quite good. Why can't we do that one? <laughs> Give me this shit. Well, we'll we will have uh, Hannah and Finn back for twins. Uh, in what is that season four or five <laughs> we'll be moving through uh, that has been uh, the villain well that was great that's the end of it <laughs> then we do an outro thank you so much thanks there you go That was the I'll Be Back catalogue with our wonderful guests Hannah Campbell and Finn Nicholas discussing the attempted rambunctious joys of the villain that was Arnie's most challenging role to date but we're going to skip Arnie's scene in the scavenger hunt. Why? I'm in the gym. Because we're watching Arnold movies, not Arnold as a cameo movies. Okay, that's fair. But I, I throw a medicine ball. And that's great. But next up is the documentary, The Comeback. They're exploring Arnie's return to the championships of bodybuilding after a five-year break. I'm back, baby. We know, Arnie. We, we know. I'm the best, most muscular man in the universe. I got the pecs, I got the strength. I'm do- oh, yeah. oh, yeah, we'll we'll find out about that next time. I'm Stephen Lyons. And I'm Mike Kevin, and this has been I'll Be Back, Aslog. Yes, yeah, so I, I saw these horses, and the horses were running, and they were trying to get away. And they were almost so scared, and I was like, hey, you know who can help with this? You can. And so I thought to myself, how do I stop these horses? And I realized, with my hands. Cactus Jack Slade, That's how I did it. In the shade. Well, I also used my Pondering legs to kick the horse I was on so that that could catch up to the other horses. He's a well-known because bad I guy, ready to try. But if I could, Whatever like it takes to live up to his name. No one is safe from the Look at villain. me, I'm running on my hands. I'm going to save this. He takes a dangerous gun at robbing and stealing and just plain dirty dealing. Cactus Jack Slade gets it done.